It's back! It's me, your host of the Reflection Podcast, Logan. What is up, guys? I'm super excited. Um, I just, thank you for listening. I am just, this is the second episode. We got some things coming. Let me tell you, the Lord is moving. And today's episode is going to be just a little piece of my heart. Um, so basically what this podcast is... There are like many teachings that I feel like the Lord has given me and I want to share them and it's really helpful for me just to be able to get everything out and just be able to share what the Lord's teaching me. It's helpful for me and I pray that it helps you too because the Lord is moving and the teaching that I'm going today, um, our pastor, Pastor Stephen, just preached on uh, 2 Kings 5 and I loved it so much, and what was so crazy is <clears throat> I had a sermon written back when I was at Voo Church. I actually wrote it in the sanctuary because I used to go there just to sit and write because it is the most beautiful place, and I could feel the presence of God in that room when it's just, even when it's just me in there. I could feel him, and I wrote it, and the way that I wrote it was from the, the girl, talking about the girl. Uh, the slave girl in Second Kings 5. And so I'm excited to jump into it today. I pray that it encourages you. I pray that wherever you are, you can just feel the tangible presence of God. I pray that whatever is on your heart, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're carrying, that you can just put a pause on it for a few minutes just to be able to really just allow God to move in your heart and in your mind and in your soul and in your day because He's the God that works so much faster than we can ever think, ask, or imagine. He's a good father that shows up, and you know what? He's already there with you. He is already there with you. So excited to jump into this. I just want to say thank you for listening. I pray this helps, and let me know what you guys think. Love you all so much. Talk to you in a second. What is up, guys? I am super excited. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm sitting in my room. I'm with my little sweet little boy, Frankie. He's my uh, little black lab. He's the best thing. I love him so much. And I'm just sitting in here. I have a candle going. Um, I'm just sitting and just listening and just um, have my Bible out. I have my journal out. I have um, some music playing just uh I feel like it just puts it puts my mind at ease so that I can really focus and really just like be present in God's word. And so I'm super excited to share with you what I have on my heart. I have been thinking about this since I was in Miami because I actually wrote this when I was in Miami in the Havu Church in the sanctuary. I was sitting there and I used to go there. I used to sneak in there whenever um, I was an intern and we had kind of like downtime or something. I always went in there because I felt the presence of God and the presence of God is definitely in that place like no other. I I just love it so much and I would sit in there and I would write and I would write so many different sermons and so many different like little pieces of um, just things that the Lord was teaching me and and I loved it so much and so I've had this on my heart for a while to share and it's so crazy because I was telling my friend uh, earlier in the week before Sunday, or before, this was not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, earlier in the week, I was telling her something after we got done with the group, because I lead a women's group, and after we got done, I was like, listen, we need to do this, we need, I need to do this teaching, like, I really want to do it, and we were just talking and stuff, 
And then Sunday at church, it was so crazy. Our pastor, um, Holly, she literally did a teaching on this. And I've heard so many amazing teachings on Second Kings. And I want to focus on the girl, the slave girl in Second uh, Kings 5. And so that's what we're going to do. If you have your Bible, um, you can go ahead and flip it open. If you don't, that's okay. Just just sit back, relax. Um, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Don't relax too much. Oh my goodness. Let's get started. I'm super excited. Oh my goodness, super excited. Okay. So we're going to start on Naaman 5. And it said, or uh, Naaman. It, that's what basically like the part of where we're getting into it. It's Second Kings five, and basically it's the story of Naaman. And Naaman is this great commander in an army, and he has leprosy. And basically, he goes to this, um, he goes to this prophet, and this prophet's like, "Yo, you need to dip in the river seven times." And Naaman is just like, "Um, huh." Like, why can't you just, like, call on, like, God and you wave your hands and I'm healed? And they're like, yo, that doesn't work like that. You do this. So, eventually, Naaman, um, he does, he is healed. Um, he dips and he's healed. And all this. And basically what we're focusing on is verses 2 and 3. 2, 3, and 4, but I'm going to start with 1. And so it says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. How many of us have the the ands, right? You know, the buts, the ands, those kind of things. But we'll get into that in a second. It says, now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. Wow. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. So, what we're going to be talking about today is the girl, the girl in 2 Kings 5. And we're talking about her because literally she was taken, I can't imagine what that's like to be taken from, oh my gosh, like her family, her place where she lived, like all these different things and then she's brought in and now she's a servant and and all these different things like I can't imagine like her conditions that she was living in and how scared she was and how alone she may have felt but I'm just so astonished at at everything that she stood for everything that she spoke for and that's why I want to talk about that's really really what I want to talk about so the first thing that I really want to just like make sure that we hint is that Sometimes, I'm going to be honest, like, there's times in my life where I've walked through certain things, and I'm like, God, where are you? God, like, you, you're good, you're good, but why is this happening, or 
or I, I, I was faithful. Like I, I served you. I, I, I never took my eyes off you. Why, why am I going through this? Or these people love you. Why are they walking through this? Like, I thought you were here and all these different things. And she literally like, she spoke up. She knew where to point him to be healed. She didn't let her outside circumstances decide what she was going to believe on her inside about her God. And it made me ask the question, I was like, Logan, like, how many times have you let your outside circumstance determine your view of God, determine your lens of God? Have you let prayers that have been answered in a different way, but you saw them just not being answered, affect that you thought, believed that God was faithful? And I think it's so, it's so big in our society because we assume that if something doesn't isn't answered in the time or the the way that we want it, then something then God's not good or God's not there, God's not listening. It's like no, 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 no. Like our words, our truth, what we believe and what we say, it's true to an extent. God's word doesn't change. So when it says in scripture that the Lord inclines to hear. Our prayers, like, it's not like, oh, like, he inclines only on Mondays and Wednesdays. He rests the other days. Like, no. God is always listening. He's omnipresent. He's always here. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And that's not a feeling. That's a truth. And we can see that even in the Psalms whenever David is is talking about how he feels. He's, he's going and he's naming all these different things. And then all of a sudden he's like this. He says truth to it. And it's like, in my life, it's like, how quickly am I to combat my feelings with truth? Not my truth, God's truth. Not my words, God's words. So it's like whenever I'm feeling, it's like Logan, or when I'm telling myself, you're not good enough. You're not enough. You, you are this, you are that. And it's like, no, let me combat that with truth. The truth is I am clothed in dignity and in strength. Clothed. That means I am covered. And it's like, oh no, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So it's just crazy with this girl. Like she was so bold about her Jesus. She made it so personal about her God and what he could do and what she knew he could do. And it, it's so crazy because she knew of a miracle when she was in chains. When she was in bondage. She was physically owned, but spiritually free. And it's like, how many of us walk around with these like spirit, like this bondage or this, these, these physical chains, but our spirit is like, no girl, like no guy, like you are free. You have been paid for. Jesus Christ paid the debt for you. And I think that it's so crazy because she made, it's like, when am I going to take my faith personal? When am I going to take all the characteristics of God and who God is personally? When am I going to take it and understand that like my tongue holds the power of life and death. So therefore my, my tongue holds the power of who to point to. She was a slave girl, a servant, and knew who to point to. 
You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't let her outside situation manipulate her lens of God because situations have a way of manipulating lenses. Like straight up, like, okay, okay, what are you talking about, Logan? Okay, let me give you an example. My glasses, right? They they match my prescription. Maybe I need to go to the doctor, you know, but they match my prescription. But whenever I'm sweaty and the, the atmosphere is like a little different, it makes the lenses foggy. Now, stay with me. There's nothing wrong with the lens, but the outside situation manipulates the lens to make it foggy because it adds dew to something that, that, that should help me see, right? Well, the question is like, when have you let an outside situation manipulate your lens of God? And if, and if you do that, how quickly are you to wipe the dew off so that you can see for who he really is? Because he doesn't change, your situation does. And it's like the quicker you learn not to let your lens be manipulated is the quicker that you will learn to see God show up because he's already there. But you'll see him in, in so many different hardships and so many different like valleys and the mountaintops. You'll be able to see him all the time because you won't look for God in, just in certain situations. You'll see him in everything. And that's what she did. And another thing that I think was so crazy is that she spoke up. It says that she literally, it says straight up, it says, she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. You didn't talk in that position. You did not speak in that position. If you were a servant, you don't speak. You don't speak unless you're spoken to. And maybe still you don't even speak. And so it's so crazy that like if she would have predicted this reaction because I couldn't imagine how scared she may have been or how worried she may have been because of the repercussions. And her prediction would have been most of the time correct. Like if she was like, oh, like I don't know if I'm going to speak out because... I don't want to get these repercussions. Like, I don't want to have to do, like, extra things or maybe even be beaten. Like, let's be real. She didn't pull back. She leaned in. She didn't pull back. She leaned in. And she didn't pull back from God's truth. You feel me? She didn't pull back from knowing her God as a healer. Her God is a redeemer. Her God is a restorer. She didn't pull back from those things. Even though the situation that she was in. Because you know what? Your situation isn't related to God's character. It doesn't change who he is. If you were in a bad situation, it doesn't mean that God isn't faithful. That's what I'm trying to show you. That's what I'm tr- God's trying to show me. Because that's something that I've had to break in my life. It's like, oh, I'm stuck right here. But God, like, where are you? And he's like, I'm right here. Stop letting your situation manipulate how you see my characteristics. And so when we talk about that, it's like, she didn't pull back from God at the prediction of a consequence. She didn't pull her, her trust back from God at the prediction of a consequence. And it's like, there's been times in my life where it's like, God, I'm too scared to give you this prayer because I'm scared that it's not going to work. So I'm going to pull it back. And it's like, how quick are we to to pull back from God at the prediction, at our prediction 
of it not going right. Her being quiet would have been normal. Her being quiet would have been predictable. But she stepped outside of her comfort zone, outside of her normal, to stand in the gap. That's what she was doing. She was standing in the gap to have Naaman, who was considered above her, quote-unquote saved, healed, redeemed, restored. cleansed and it asks it makes me ask this question it's like how badly do I know it is so beautiful that we pray for our family to be healed like I understand I'm praying for certain people that I know to know Jesus like I'm like I'm never gonna stop I will never stop but it's like the people that have hurt me that I know don't know Jesus it's like am I praying for them just as much am I praying for their healing just as much and I think the Lord personally challenged me with this Am I praying for people that have hurt me just as much as I am with the people that I love so dearly and want to see them know Jesus? Am I praying the same way? And that's what I'm going to ask you. It's like, are you, are you praying for someone that may have hurt you to know Jesus just as much as you're praying for your brother or your sister? Because when... When God was on the cross, well, there's so many different times, but we could talk about this. Then we're going to talk about at the, even at the Last Supper, like he, he washed everybody's feet. He broke bread with everybody. He served everybody. He loved all of them. He, he sent his son Jesus to die. Like Jesus was going to die for all of them. And Judas is the one who betrayed him. And he still ate with him. He still broke bread with him. And it's so crazy, right? And it's like even when Jesus was on the cross, he was he was in the middle of two people, two criminals that were being hung with him, one or being hung on the cross with him. And one was like, Hey, like basically saying, like, I believe like I believe you. And the other one's like, Well, if you're this and this and this, then you need to get down. We'll get, we need to you get us off of here. And it's like, What? Like that's who God is. God comes for everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. Do you? And this girl, we saw it. She wanted her, her like someone who was above her name in to be healed. She spoke up. She spoke up. Do you speak up? When you see your friends struggling with different things, you're like, hey, like, I I have struggled with a different thing. I don't know what you're walking through, but this is what I've walked through. And this is who I ran to and I saw my life changed after this. Like, is it awkward sometimes? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Was it probably awkward for her to speak up? Yes. Was it scary for her to speak up? Yes. Did she do something that was not really ordinary? Yes. She spoke up. And at the same time, her name's not in this. Her name. I don't know her name. I don't know her name. I couldn't find her name. And it's like, how are we okay with being nameless if it's for Jesus? Are you okay with seeing someone healed if you remain nameless? You know what I'm saying? Isn't it so crazy? 
Like, the only name that needs to be known is Jesus' name. And I just loved it. I just love, 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 love this girl's confidence in, in Jesus because her confidence in Jesus left him without question of his ability to heal. Her confidence in her God left him without question of his ability to heal. Because it literally says... Because when she's talking about the prophet, like, who do you think's in the prophet for him to be able to heal? God. If only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. It didn't say maybe. It said he would cure him of his leprosy. She knew who to run to even though she wasn't free. Physically. She was so confident in her Jesus that him, Naaman left, left bound, bound by leprosy and by probably so many insecurities of, of being this great warrior but not being able and saving so many different things but not being able to really save himself. She spoke up and left them without questions. And they were searching for an answer and her speaking up gave them one. And I think that it's so crazy that sometimes we think that if we're not known, then it means that we don't have a purpose. And if we're not known, then it means that we don't matter. And then, and if we're not identified, then we don't have an identity. And, like, that's not true. Like, the Lord has given you an identity. The Lord Lord has confirmed you. And I think that one of the things that's so important is it says Aram took her. Like, Aram took her, but God is the one who confirmed her. And I think that it reminds me of when I was growing up and when I was like in high school and in college specifically, like in the first year before I really knew Jesus, I was a party holic. I partied, partied, party. Mostly because it was an escape for me and I enjoyed being the life of the party. Like that's who I was. I would drink a lot and then I'd have fun, fun quotes. And I would wake up and I, it, it was a distraction for me. And this world took me. This world has a way of taking you and giving you this like false importance or like this false identity when it's like, no, like you don't need to wait to be confirmed by this world or by this society. Like God has already confirmed you. You don't matter more because you have a blue check or something on your social media. You are covered in the blood of Jesus. That's why you matter. You know? You know, and I think sometimes our world is transitioning where it's like you only really matter if people know who you are or if people, if people, um, just so many different things. If people, if you have a lot of followers and I know we've heard this a lot, but it's so true because I feel like no matter how many different teachings we have on like social media, we still cannot grasp this idea that we are important because we are important. We are human beings that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for. And that we have importance and we have purpose and we have life inside of us. And we have so much to do in this world. We don't need a social media platform or sponsors to tell us that we bring value. We bring value because we are human beings. You have value. You have purpose. You have a voice. And that's something that this girl knew she had. She knew she had a voice when she had nothing else. And I don't know if that rings a bell with you, but it rings a bell with me. I have a voice and I found my voice. And me finding my voice 
unlocked so much freedom for me. And so I pray that if you, like me, struggle with finding your voice, that you understand that the Lord is giving you a unique voice. And I have this sweatshirt I got from my sister and it says, wake the lion. There is a lion inside of you and you got to wake it up because once you wake it up, whew, I'm praying for the enemy because you are about to break some chains with your voice. Literally, if this girl speaks up, are you willing to speak up? Are you willing to speak up? Her position, I really want you to write this down because this has been life-changing for me. Your position does not define the volume of your voice. You are the only one that gets access to the volume button. You. So speak up. God gave you a unique voice. God gave you a unique way of seeing things. God gave you a unique people group that only you can reach. Use your voice. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. I will always say that. Speak up. I bet you so much if you start speaking up, you will see how insanely good and how insane, like crazy it's going to be because God is going to use you in so many different ways. God is going, you're going to be in rooms that you never thought you'd be in and not in like a, oh, but like a, you are going to be able to touch lives that you would never be able to touch if you didn't use your voice, if you didn't speak up, if you didn't um, have this understanding that God has given you a unique vision. And I don't know, it's just like, it's so beautiful. Like, it is so beautiful to speak. And the fact is, the matter, she was put in a box that she didn't even ask me to put in. He took her. She wasn't, it's not like she was like, oh, I'm going to be a servant. No, he took her and put her in a box. And she said, mm-mm, you may call me servant, but God calls me daughter. You may tre- treat me like this, but I have a heavenly royal priesthood i have a kingdom inheritance you can you can have my heart here on or my you can have my work here on earth but god has my heart so i don't know i just like i pray this encourages you because one of the things that the reason why we're only having this conversation is, is that no matter who you are god gave you a voice he gave it specifically to use it He gave it specifically to you. Your position doesn't define your volume. You have a name in Jesus. You have a belonging in Jesus. You have a kingdom inheritance. Know who you are and whose you are. You have a name and it is literally the son or the daughter of the king Jesus. The creator of the universe. And so I pray that uh, today after you get done with this that you can just reach out to someone. Reach out to someone and tell them, be like, hey, I just want to tell you, you, I believe in you. I see you. And and I don't know if you can see it, but God is doing something really special in and through you. And I believe in what your dreams are. I believe in, I believe in just who you are. And so, again, I love spending time with you guys. I know this is probably one of my favorite things to do, just being able to share what the Lord's teaching me. I really pray that this helps because... This, the title of this is, um, is confirmed. 
but the subtitle is her name was nameless. She was nameless. I don't know her name. Her name's not in there. And I just want to encourage you that if you're feeling like you're alone or if you're feeling like you're nameless or that no one knows you, you have a God that does. You have a God that sees you. You have a God that is patient with you. You have a God that that sees the things you're carrying, even if they're, even if you're holding space for other people. God is right there too, and and at any time you have access to, to give your burdens to Him and return His yoke is light. You're not alone, even if you feel that way physically. You're not alone. Our God is an omnipresent God. He sees you when you are going through it. He sees you when you're on the mountaintop and. And he sees you all the time. And so I pray that encourages you because this world can be hard if we try to walk and carry it alone. And I just want you to know that. I want you to know that you have purpose, that you have a voice, that you have a calling. And if you can't see it now, you're going to see it because God is working in and through you. I mean, you're listening to this, aren't you? And just don't give up on who he says you are. Even when you feel tired. He's going to let him be your strength. And so I pray this is encouraging. I'm going to pray for I'm going to pray for us. And gosh, this is just don't ever take it him for granted because he's so good. But Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you that you are a compassionate father, that you are a good father, that you see us when we don't even can't even look at ourselves, Lord. You you just keep your eyes on us. And so I'm so grateful that we can serve you, that we get the chance to know you and to love you, Lord. It is not something we want to take for granted. Um, getting to be in your presence is worth more, far more than anything here on earth, Lord. And so we thank you for always showing up. We thank you for meeting us exactly where we are, Lord. We I pray for um, the prayer requests and the things that people have on their heart today and on their mind, Lord. I pray that you can just bring them a lightness and a peace that surpasses all understanding because you are the Prince of Peace. You hold this world in your hands and you hold our tears and our prayers in your fingertips, Lord. So I just pray that we can trust in who you say you are, Lord. I can pray that, I pray that we trust in who you say we are, Jesus. And so I pray that you protect our voice. I pray that you continue to just to renew our tone and our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we can just continue to spend time with you to know to know you better, Lord. And so we love you, Jesus. I pray for the person that's listening to this, Lord. I pray that you touch their heart and their lives and that they can just understand that they don't have to predict the future because you already have paid the way. And so we love you, Jesus, and it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Guys, I love you. I'll see you next time. I'm super excited. Probably our next topic is going to be drive through faith. But I love you. And I'm believing in big things for you. Our God is a redeemer and a restorer and a reviver and a beautifully wonderful creator. And he's divinely designed you. You are the only one that is like you. And and you're good. I want you to know that you're good. And so I love you guys. I hope you have the best rest of your day, the best week, the best year of believing all things are going to work together for the good for those who love Jesus because he's working. Goodbye, guys.